0: Well, we are on session 11. How can I make the most of the rest of my life? Tonight, basically, we're talking about where do I go from here? You know, if, if these 10 weeks have meant something to you, I, I, I guess a, a rational, a reasonable question would be, why stop now? Was this just a, a 10-week blip in my my life, my calendar, is, or is this a beginning of something new? And, and I, I would encourage you, if you have gotten anything out of this course, uh, I, I, I just could not encourage you more. Look, I have been a follower of Jesus for 40 years. I still have not begun, I feel, to scratch the surface of the depths, not just of the knowledge of the Bible. That's wonderful. But the knowledge of Him... Of getting to know this God who came to give his life for me so that I could have life and have it abundantly, even in the midst of all the hell that this world has to serve up. And so, uh, how do we make the most of the rest of our lives? I, of course, would argue, as I have been over the course of these last nine weeks, now ten weeks, that According to the scripture, the way I make the most of the rest of my life is if I have yet to surrender my life to Jesus Christ, if I've yet to get in the wheelbarrow, if I've yet to turn away from my old life to Him, I would, I would surrender control of my life to Him. But remember, that, as we've talked about, that's just, that is just the beginning. Right? We've, you've just been born. If you've surrendered your life to Christ just recently over the course of Alpha, or just recently, you've... You've just begun a new life. A new life has begun, according to the Scripture. And and we're just beginning to learn what God's desire is for our lives. I, I feel like, again, 40 years later, I'm still learning God's plan and His purposes for my life. And that doesn't discourage me. That, that encourages me. Now, and so we've just begun. I, I have a, a picture here of... I and that's in my son Paul. Is he not the cutest thing you've ever seen? He has much more hair there than he does now. Unfortunately, right? Isn't that true, Nate? Yeah. So, but Nate, I'm afraid you got those genes too. So I'm not so sure. Uh, anyway, but you know, when Nathan was born, if you've had newborns, you know how this works. he, he, he eventually he crawls, right? That, that what happens? They, they sit up, then they crawl, and then they begin to you know, get up on the furniture, and you have to start moving things out of the way and uh, child to child, childproof the house. And, and then one day, he turned away from the coffee table. And you, you know that moment, right? It, could this be the moment? And he turns and he takes that step. Son, you know, come to me, and he falls right on his butt, and when he falls on his butt, I just slap the snot out of him. Because how dare you, a loa, attempt to walk and not do that successfully? Now, did I do that? No, no, I did not do that. But look, in the Christian life, what's going to happen? We're going to start to walk, and more often than not, we're going to fall on our keister. And do you know where God will be the moment you fall on your keister? Son, daughter, get up. I'm with you. I'm here. See, there's no numbers of times that we who are God's boys and girls can fall down that he will not be right there to pick us up. And that is so important for us to know because if it is God's grace, if it was God's idea to bring us to Himself all by Himself, He who began this work in us, He who birthed us and made us new, forgave us, accepted us, gave us new life, made us new beings, new creatures, He's promised to keep us, not just to birth us into new life, but to mature us, and when we fall, our job is not to say, well, I guess that prayer didn't stick. I guess that alpha thing wasn't real. I guess I really didn't mean that prayer. Let me pray that prayer again. What? No, These are all, this is all a part of growing up as a new creature in Christ. And so, and, and, and guess what? Forty years later, guess what I'm doing? Falling on my keister. And Father is saying, son, I think you should know better by now, but I'm right here to pick you up right here to pick you up and it's so good it's so good to know that you know annette, annette said something years ago i put her on the screen here she has now been officially quoted on a slide so check that off the bucket list but this is this is what my wife said something like this when we first surrender our lives to christ we walk by feel then as we mature in him we start to walk by faith and what does that mean i and maybe I would encourage you tonight to ask your table host a little bit about this. When I first surrender my life to Christ, I know it's true. But I know it's true. Many even here. You, you, you certainly you get in the wheelbarrow by faith. You surrender your life, your life to Christ by faith. And I, all I know is, I prayed that prayer. It was a Wednesday night. I surrendered my life to Christ. I didn't feel much of anything. I woke up Thursday morning, and. I I cannot put to words the way I felt. Man, I had a hunger to read God's Word. I knew I was new. I knew it. Um, But you know what happened? Those feelings began to wane. That excitement, that that feeling like I'm on top of the world began to wane. It's like, wait a minute, what's wrong? What is wrong? Now, the way you make the most of the rest of your life is by realizing this. If you truly have surrendered your life to Christ, nothing is wrong. And everything... Is right, Because what God does to, begins to do in His grace is to pull, allow us to have those feelings pull back so that we begin to walk by what I know is true, not by what I feel is true. Does that make sense? See? And so, those feelings may come and go, but it's really the, a, a, the grace of God, the gift of God, that the feelings sometimes dissipate. So that at that time, I will stand and say, wait a minute, I believe you are who you are by faith. I love the feelings. Love the feelings. I got no problem with great feelings. But they are not the engine of my life. Faith is the engine of my life. And so, as we mature, we start to walk even more and more by faith. Because faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not yet seen. We've just begun. Okay. And so feelings, yay for feelings. I love them. But we grow by faith. Even when the feelings feel like they're gone. And so, this is what the Apostle Paul tells us. That faith comes. Faith shows up. Faith makes its presence known by hearing. Now understand this. Faith is not something that you and I conjure up. Faith is not something that... Let me go see where I can get that. Faith is a gift of God. Even the faith to believe Him. The faith to surrender my life, control of my life to Jesus Christ. The faith to say, I do, to receive the gift. That is a gift of God. Faith is something God gives us so that we can believe in Him. Well, faith comes from hearing. That's what we've been doing these last 10 weeks. We've been hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. And I know about my life now, 40 years later, and many of you at this, in this room, maybe all of you have known Christ in this room. I think I could say this with, with unequivocally. That, that faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of Christ. The more... The more I would take, if this is a dumbbell, okay, and I do this with this, and the more my muscles are hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, I don't know what hearing has to do with lifting weights, but you understand what I'm saying. The more I'm doing that, what's happening to this muscle? It's being built up. It's being broken down first, right? And then it's being built up. Well, what does God have to do to us to get us to know that he's around? We have to realize that we really are broken down. And that we need someone to build us up and make us brand new. Well, that's the same thing with the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, by hearing, this is really dumb, by hearing, by hearing the word of Christ. physical muscle is built by exercising the muscle. My spiritual muscle is built by exercising the muscle. And the more I exercise the muscle, the more faith is built in me. The stronger I become in my my faith. That even when the feelings don't match, I know what I know what I know. So faith comes by hearing. Knowing Christ comes from hearing and hearing by His Word. It grows. Trusting Him comes, and trusting Him grows. Falling in love with Him comes from hearing that He loves us. And that love grows by continuing to hear that He loves us. A strength to endure through the most arduous, painful times comes by hearing. And it grows. That strength grows by hearing the Word of Christ. Understanding comes. Things that I like there's still things that I do not understand in the word of God. 40 years later, but the more I study, the more I spend time with God, the more I want to get to know him through his word. That understanding grows as well. And so that is really really exciting to me. To know that. And so, this is just the beginning. Alpha has been just the beginning. And coming to Christ, if you've just recently come to Christ, it's just the beginning. And to understand now that my relationship with Him is not based on my performance, but His performance. My relationship with Him is not secure because of my doing, but because of His doing I have a completely new way of looking at God. I'm not looking at Him now. The way I will make the most of the rest of my life is not, not, as looking, not, not by looking at God uh, as a step and fetch for me. I'm not looking at Him through my own meology anymore. I am realizing that He is the one who came to me to give me life, to get me off this track of attempting to earn my way to him when I never could. And to see that he loved me so much that even when I was running in the opposite direction of him that he was running me down. Now think about that. There was not one of us in this room. Not me, not anyone. No pastor in this room. No one who was ever running for God. None of us. We were all running from God. Ask your table hosts about that as well tonight if you haven't yet. And what did he do? If this Bible is true, He came to run us down who were running from Him. And why did He have to do that? He did not have to do that. But He loved us so much that He did. He so desired that we wouldn't be destroyed that He did. And if that is the truth, there is no greater news that you and I will ever receive, ever receive. No marriage proposal, as great as that is. This marriage proposal is the greatest proposal that will last forever, that you will ever receive. And so what, what do we do now? How do we make the most of the rest of our lives? How do we live dependently as children? How do we trust him more? What do we do if in, if in the wheelbarrow, if having surrendered? Well, the Apostle Paul, in the 12th chapter of his letter to the church at Rome wrote this. He says, I urge you therefore, brothers, okay, he's writing to those who are in Christ, or sisters, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. So let me just break this down just for a moment. So how do we present ourselves to God? Based on My doing, that's not what it says. He says, I urge you, brothers, because of because of God's mercy. We present ourselves to him because of God's mercy. And we present ourselves to him as a look at this, a living. Okay, that word living is not just physical living. That is life, the eternal life that God gives us, right? For God so loved the world that whoever believed in him would not perish, but would have Eternal life. So I, I urge you to present yourselves. What does that mean? Present yourself is basically... He's saying, I urge you because God has made it possible for you to hang out with Him. And the way in which you hang out with Him, the reason you can hang out with Him is because He has made you living, when you were dead, separated from Him, plugged into sin, unplugged from God, now plugged into God, unplugged from sin, now you have life. I've, I've, I've done this so that you can be alive and holy, acceptable to God. What is he saying here? That the greatest thing we can do in our lives is to continue to hang out with God, to continue to present ourselves, to be with Him. And I have found for my Christian life, the way I make the most of my Christian life is by hanging out with the abbots or hanging out with the Allens, or hanging out with the Allemans, or hanging out with Rodney, or hanging out with Mario and Lydia, hanging out with people who love to hang out with Him. And from their desire to hang out with Him, and what God has done in their lives, I get to experience that for myself. I get to hear from Lester and and Janine how God is working, and my faith is built up by hear the stories or when their heart is broken I get to be with them my heart is broken they get to be with me and they get to be the expression of Jesus' love to me See, I make the most of the rest of my life not by running off having just said I do and saying that was a great ceremony let's do this alpha thing again sometime on oh, no. that, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. So, and he says, and he continues to say, because that's true, don't be conformed to this world any longer. What, what does he mean, be conformed to this world? In other words, if I'm living a life contrary to what I know is now true about God, don't any longer be conformed to that because all you're going to get from that is what you got from that. So, I've come to give you something that is godlike. A joy, a love, a peace, a hope that you've never experienced before. I'm going to make the most of the rest of my life as I unplug myself from that. I'll tell you, one of the ways in which I knew that I was unplugged from that, being a member of the Delta Kappa Epsilon fraternity, uh, not that I had much of a desire beforehand, but I had even less of a desire after that. And I cannot tell you why. It wasn't mandatory. Okay, now, Frank, you've prayed this prayer. You've given your life to Christ. Now, these are the rules now. Now that you're in the wheelbarrow, these are the rules of the wheelbarrow. And make sure you are keeping every... Not a chance. I knew that I was loved. And because I knew that I was loved, I desired to walk in a way that was pleasing to my Father. I remember... I don't remember when this happened, but I believe this happened. and Annette can just stand up and tell me I'm lying. Don't. But don't do that now. Um, I can remember Annette told me, she says, Frank, I love you, and even if you are unfaithful to me, I will never leave you. Now, I remember at that moment thinking, wait a minute. This is my get-out-of-jail-free card, right? At the time, we lived very close to Airline Highway. I mean, so... Or Airline Drive, I'm sorry. They started dressing up after... Now, if my wife says, Son, Frank, even if you are unfaithful to me, I will always love you. Is the response of my heart, what a deal. Or is it, what kind of love is this that loves me even when I fail? What kind of love? And, and you know what God's love is? This is beyond this. God, God knew I would fail and loved me anyway. God knew exactly what I would do the moment I got in the wheelbarrow, days and years even after I got in the wheelbarrow. And he said, son, when you're faithless, I have connected myself to you and I will be ever faithful. I don't go, hee hee, this is great. I'll just live like hell until I get to go to heaven. That is not what happens to the man, the woman, who has truly surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. They are overwhelmed by such a love as this. And even I do find myself down in the gutter from time to time, which I have found myself over the course of 40 years, I have had a dad that's ever come to grab me and pick me up and never leave me and turn his back on me. See, the way I make the me- most of the rest of my life is by getting to know him more and more and more and avail myself of others who know him more and more and more. So don't be transformed. Don't be, I'd rather not be conformed to this world more, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of God is that you may know what the will of God is that which is his good will his perfect will his acceptable will and I believe is good acceptable not only good but good and acceptable and not only good and acceptable but perfect and that good and acceptable perfect will I believe just boil down is know Jesus know Jesus it's not know that you should when you're 43 years old do this or do that I'm not saying those things don't happen But I'm saying the more I know Jesus, the more I know those things. And so, this is what the Apostle Paul encourages us. Keep coming to him. Keep knowing him. Wow. Now, Jesus tells a parable in... um, in the Gospel of Mark. And I want you, if you don't mind, if you got your Alpha Bibles with you tonight, I I trust you do. Page 1528. I'm going to try to do this with with my new glasses. And if I get motion sick on the way, just forgive me. Whoa. 1528. If you don't have an Alpha Bible, it's Mark chapter 4. Verse 13 and 14. Tw- oh, wow, this is hard. Alright. So Jesus tells the parable. He, he tells a parable of a man that goes out to sow seed. Right? It's called the parable of the sower. Or the parable of the... I, say the, I think it's maybe better the parable of the soils. Because what we see are four different kinds of soils. Now, now, now let me just... This, this parable that I... You know what a parable is? It's basically just a story. A parable. It's a story. That's what that word means. And what, and, and, and what Jesus is going to talk about is four different types of soils. Right? And so, one is... In a soil, there's seed. The seed is the word of God. And the seed gets spread on four different kinds of soils. Now one, it's just the roadside. It's the asphalt, it's the concrete, it's where there's no chance for that seed to go into the ground, okay? Second one is the seed that fell into shallow soil. There's some soil there, but it's very shallow. The third one is seed that grows up amongst a bunch of weeds, and then the fourth soil is a seed that grows into fertile soil. Now, this parable can be shared in many different contexts, but I'm just going to, obviously, just for the sake of time and context for this evening, just share one of those with you. And so let's start reading in verse 13. After Jesus told them about this, the sower that sowed the seed on the side of the road, in the shallow soil, and the weedy soil, and then in the good soil. This is what he says. Then Jesus said to them, verse 13, Don't you understand this story? How then will you understand any story, any parable? The farmer sows the word. Some people... Now now hear this now. Let's, Let's read this thinking about us. Some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, hear the word... And at once receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Still others, like seeds sown among thorns, hear the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and the desires for other things come in and choke the word and make it unfruitful. Others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop some 30 times, some 60 times, and some 100 times more than what was sown. Wow. That's pretty impressive. And so what is Jesus trying to say? He says there's at least four types of hearers. Now, I don't think any of you qualify. If you're here tonight, you don't, I, don't think, I don't know that you do, but I don't think you qualify for the first one. But I'm not sure. Seed that just fell by the road. And what Jesus says, the seed, which is the word of God. Remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Okay, that, 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 that seed falls on hard ground and immediately the birds come. Jesus calls that bird, Satan comes and takes it away. No effect whatsoever. Now, think about this second soil with me. The seed, the sower throws the seed and it goes into shallow soil. It's not very deep at all. Because it's not very deep at all. There may be some watering that takes place but that seed comes up quickly but it has no root system in and of itself and it's gone almost as fast as it came because it has no root system. It's burned up by the sun. It could be 10 weeks of alpha. this is cool. And then nothing more. And it's gone. Or, the seed could fall into good soil, but that good soil is wrapped around with a lot of weeds. That's, that, that shoot is coming through, but all the, all the weeds are stealing the nutrient from the soil. The worries of the world, the deceitful... Worries of the world. Anybody got any of those? Worries of the world? Okay. Just the worries of life the deceitfulness of riches or the deceitfulness of a lack of riches and worry and cares about whatever else other things come and choke out the the fruit choke out the plant so that it is unfruitful that's the third so we could let having received this we could just let the worries of the world the deceitfulness of riches and the cares about other things just make what has happened to us completely of no effect, because we've let everything around us define who we are. As, a let, as opposed to letting the Christ who has come into us define who we are. And then the fourth, seed that grows into fertile soil, Jesus says, that seed grows up and brings forth fruitfulness 30 times, 60 times, 100 times more oh how does that happen I, that's, that's me I want, that's who I want to be well faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ and I hear the word of Christ as I spend time with, with my father alone and as I spend time with my father with my wife and with my family and with my friends and with my church that's how faith comes and the more I'm with them you know what happens they pick weeds out of my life and hopefully I'm picking weeds out of their lives. And I'm experiencing what it means to be fruitful. Now, the Apostle Paul in his letter to the Galatians says that the fruit of the Spirit, you may want to write this down if you haven't done this already, chapter 5, verse 22, I think it's 22, it may be 21. Somebody correct me if it's 21 or 22. It's right in there. 21, 22. It says, but the fruit, and this is what I love, the fruit and I, and let me interrupt myself again, which I've done throughout the weeks. If you missed the weekend, I know some of you did. Pastor Peter did a phenomenal t- phenomenal job. And I don't know if the, the CDs are available tonight. I hope they are, so that you guys can can feast on what he shared with us over the weekend. Uh, okay, where was I? The fruit of the Spirit, thank you. Um, it says, Paul writes this, But the fruit of the Spirit... Now think of this. The fruit... Now let's not, not, not let words mean nothing. The fruit of the Spirit. Got that? That's not the fruit of Lester, or the fruit of Jesse, the fruit of Mark, the fruit of Scott, the fruit of Regina, the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, what God gives us, the fruitfulness of the Spirit, is this. It looks like this. Love, joy, peace... Patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, goodness, self-control. It looks like Jesus. See, the fruitfulness of our lives. The less worries of the world, the of riches cares of other things, the, the fewer those, the greater the fruit, the greater the fruitfulness, the greater the joy. Even in the midst of suffering and sorrows. I make the most of the rest of my life by making sure I am communing with God, my Father, in such a way that I'm allowing Him to show me the things in my life that need to get picked and pruned. And many times He does that through people who love me that I so desperately need to have in my life. See, because here's what's so cool. The the more my life is planted in knowing Him the more God transforms me to delight in living a fruitful life in dependence on Him. So, so, and this is important to know, growth is organic, right? Growth, it's You, you plant a seed, this is not Jack and the beanstalk, right? Pop, it's up overnight, and next thing you know, uh, it's however tall Jack's beanstalk was. It's just slow. If, if you take a... If you take a... Champagne popper in prison. Uh, if you take an acorn and place, and, and it's placed somehow under a concrete sidewalk, who will win every time? The acorn doesn't look like it, but eventually, you've been around these live oak trees in New Orleans. What wins, right? That here goes the sidewalk. Here comes How big was that sucker? It weighing in at like not even a, a, a tenth of an ounce beats that two-ton concrete slab every time. Overnight? No. See, but slowly, God's growth in us is oftentimes organic. It happens slowly, but it happens surely. Now, some, sometimes we come up more quickly than others, but, but God is into our growth, and that growth is organic. I, I love what Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus. I think I have it here. And I pray that you, being rooted, catch this, rooted and grounded in love, not an overnight process, organic growth, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, all the people that are in the wheelbarrow, all the people that surrender to Christ, to grasp this, really grasp this, to grasp how wide, think about this, how wide and long and deep and high and deep is the love of Christ, and that you know this love. I love this that surpasses knowledge, it goes beyond what our natural that makes any natural sense. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then Paul goes on to write to the church at Coloss, he writes, Bearing fruit in every good work and Increasing in the knowledge of God. So the more I am I experience this fruitfulness in my life, not only is my life more attractive in terms of others being drawn to Christ through me, hopefully, but I'm coming, I am getting to know this Jesus more, which there is nothing more exciting than knowing Him. To me, this is to me, this is how I'm making the most of the rest of my life. Knowing Him. And making him known. Okay? Inhaling and exhaling. Taking him in, breathing him out. Breathing is healthy. Breathing is... (laughs) Spiritual breathing is healthy. It's important. So if, if I'm in that place... What are some of the things I need to do to have a growing and maturing relationship with Him? I'm just going to give you a couple things. I'm going to shut up so I can get Ronald up here to lead us in a song before we end. But a couple of things we need to rehearse and remember. Do you guys have those bookmarks at your table that I hope you're going to get to? Yes, you do. Awesome. Okay, you don't have to look at them now, but I just wanted to make sure they're there. Remember and rehearse these things. I would keep these in you. You may want to go over this every day. These are so so important and helpful. Look at this. If it's easier to look up at the board, do that. If not, fine. There is nothing. Remember and rehearse this. There is nothing we can do to earn God's favor. We have to know that. There's nothing you and I can do to earn God's favor. We've heard that over and over again. All of our efforts before God fall short of His character and righteousness, to constantly be reminded of that. And just as none of our actions will make God love us more, He can't love us any more than He does. It is equally true that there is nothing we can think, say, or do to make God love us less than He does. What else can we remember and rehearse? Growth in our relationship with God is not accomplished by our own attempts to create meaning and purpose. That is, that is classic meology. That, that defined Our responsibility is to walk in the power of the Spirit and not in dependence on our own efforts. The more I get to know God, the more I get to know me, the more I get to understand how deeply I need His power. And then fourth, our focus should not be deeds and actions, but on a relationship, not a product, but a person. And I, I just would encourage you, keep these, wake up to these truths and fall asleep to these truths. Ken Boa, uh, just a brilliant, wonderful man, um, wrote this. And I, I you should have this too. But follow this with me, if you will, please. Now, the world. In other words, those in Adam. Life in Adam. Defines who we are by what we do. Right? You know, people, who are you? Well, I'm an accountant. Who are you? Well, I'm an engineer. Who are you? Uh, Now, that's what you do. Because what are you if you don't do that anymore? Are you a nothing if you don't do that anymore? Well, this is what Dr. Boa tells us. The world defines who we are by what we do. But the Word of God centers on who we are in Christ and tells us to express that new identity in what we do. Being and doing are interrelated, but... The biblical order is critical. What we should do, pardon me, what we do should flow out of who we are, not the other way around. Otherwise, hear this, our worth and identity are determined by achievements and accomplishments. And when we stop performing, we cease to be valuable. You and I are as valuable whether or not we're leading the world into some incredible genetic discovery that eradicates cancer. God says you're no more valuable then than if you're praying alongside your sofa in your house, retired. And so it's important that we get God's view of that and understand that. And so we make the most of the rest of our lives by understanding that God loves us and has an incredible plan for our lives. That we keep Him near us; His nearness is our good. You know, I'll just end right now. As we, and Ronald, you can come up now, brother, if you don't mind. Uh, uh, let me just kind of end this Alpha how we started, um, but back in the garden in Genesis. Adam had sinned, and he knew it, right? He's looking at his wife, and she's looking at him, and they didn't look the same way they looked earlier. And they covered themselves. And and they were ashamed. And the Bible says that God came looking for them and said, Adam, where are you? Now, did God know where Adam was? He sure did. I would, I would humbly argue over the course of this ten weeks of Alpha, God has been asking you and me a question. Where are you? Jesse, where are you? Tina, where are you? Are you, Shane, where are you? Not because he doesn't know, but because he wants to know if we know. Because God's intent is that he came in the midst of knowing Adam's sin, knowing exactly where Adam was, and he came to him anyway. And knowing exactly where I was, and knowing exactly where every one of you were, or maybe still are, He's come looking for us. He has come desiring us to know Him. To experience life like you and I never ever could have apart from Him. And having said that, what does Jesus come in the New Testament and say? Come to me. God says, Adam, where are you? And He knows. And Jesus says, come to me. Alpha may be done in a couple minutes here. But God will not be done. If He really is. If this Bible is the truth. If Jesus is really raised from the dead. Then He will not be done with you. And so I want us to just close in prayer and Ronald's going to lead us in a song. You've come to these weeks. I don't know whether, again, whether you're curious, convinced, committed, challenged, Confused. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's really between you and God. That's none of my business. But he has, I believe this with all my heart, been knocking at the door of your heart, I, I would argue, maybe longer than 10 weeks. Probably so. And, and he's basically saying, if you open the door, I will come in. And I will live with you. And I will never leave you. And when you fall, I will be there to pick you up. I will be faithful when you are faithless. I will be with you to the end because now you are mine. And I will never turn turn mine away. For God so loved us. Knowing fully what you and I would do and what we were, were up to and what we were about. He gave His Son. That if we would come to Him we acknowledge our need for Him. We would never perish. Physically, yes. But our soul, our spirit would never perish. And we would be with Him forever. And that's the offer that He makes. So I just want to pray and then um, let Ronald lead us in a song. And then just again welcome you. Hopefully you will be here with us next week. And we just continue to, to get to know God more and more together. But let's, let's just pray for a moment. Lord, I, I believe I could say for every one of us here, we want to make the most of the rest of our lives. I am absolutely confident that the, nobody's in here saying, I just like to kind of muddle through life a few more years and then die. I am confident that everyone in this room says, I want the most for the rest of my life. Well, your definition, Father, if I understand your word correctly, is the way that I get the most, I make the most of the rest of my life, is by getting a new life. It's by getting your life. And I thank you, Lord, that many years ago you opened my blind eyes to see that. And I thank you, God, that over the course of these ten weeks that you have opened now, dear friends, eyes to see that. and i'm just praying lord we're together with everyone in this room whose eyes are yet to be opened to see that that you would open those eyes lord to know that this is not about church or denomination to know this is not about anything other than being forgiven of all of my sins forever and being and being accepted as your son your daughter forever and that when my heart stops in the dash, in the line, I will be with you forever. And so I just want to encourage you again. Just as Jesus stands knocking, as Jesus stands arms opened, as Jesus stands saying, I do. Would you just turn to Him? And experience all the love that you can ever imagine and then some. And say to him, I do. I turn from my old life now. I welcome you as my Lord, my Savior, my God. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. That in you, who are now in me, I will make the most of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Ron's going to lead us. Let me encourage you to look upon these lyrics and feel free to sing along with me. Scripture teaches us that the basic definition of worship is simply to respond to God for who He is and for what He has done for us. So if you feel led, sing with me. For lawbreakers and thieves For the worthless, the least You have said that our judgment is death For all eternity Without hope, without rest Oh, what an amazing mystery amazing mystery that your grace has come to me. Grace and peace, oh how can this be? The matchless King of all paid the blood price for me. The slaughtered Lamb, what a atonement vilest sinner's heart can be cleansed can be free what an amazing mystery oh what an amazing mystery what an amazing mystery that your grace has come to me grace and peace oh how can this be Songs of gratefulness Never rise, never cease Loved by God And called as a saint A heart is satisfied In the riches of Christ oh, what an amazing mystery What an amazing mystery that Your grace has come to me. And oh, what an amazing love I see. What an amazing love I see that Your grace has come to me. And oh, what an amazing love I see. What an amazing love I see your grace has come to me. Oh, oh, what an amazing love! I see what an amazing love! I see your grace has come to me. Sing verse 2 again. Oh, how can it be the matchless King of all grace and peace? Oh this be the matchless king of all Pay the blood price for me slaughtered lamb what atonement you were fully forgiven the vilest sinner's heart can be cleansed can be redeemed oh what an amazing what an amazing mystery That your grace has come to me Join me as we pray. Father, we give you praise, O oh God, for what you have done in Christ, welcoming us into your kingdom, forgiving us, O oh Lord, of everything we've done, every every shortfall, every every evil deed Father every thought everything Father that we have failed to do that we should have done you look at it Father and through Christ you forgive us for it thank you for this amazing grace and for this amazing love we pray in Jesus Christ's name Amen
0: Amen Amen. quick break and uh, let's get back to our tables thank you all so much for being here